One of my first jobs out of college was uh, working for a guy named Joe. We'll call him Joe. And Joe was one of these guys that was very controlling, right? I remember every time I would put a proposal together, the proposal was, let's say, between thirty dollars and $50,000. I remember walking into his office, right? I'd taken the proposal. And immediately, he always had this red felt pen here, so he would grab the proposal, immediately take out his pen, pop the cap, and start marking my proposal up, just bleeding all over it, right? And he would then say, Victor, uh, go make these changes, come back and I'll sign it. Sure enough, I would go back to my cubicle, make the changes, and I'd come back in and the same thing. He'd grab the sheet of paper, grab the pen, pop the cap, and bleed all over it, a little less this time, uh, uh, after every iteration. And I remember after a while, I realized that every time I took a proposal in the seat to Joe, for Joe, he would actually edit it, right? And that conditioned me to not want to put in as much effort into the proposal because why should I put in a lot of effort if he's just going to mark it up? So in other words, he conditioned me to actually invest less time in putting a proposal together because of his actions. In other words, always editing what I would write. He just didn't like certain words, didn't like certain phraseology, didn't like certain formats, right? And he was really detailed about every little thing, things that I thought were inconsequential, if not, they were minimal at best. But that was his style. I remember not staying at the company too long and went over to another company. And this, in this case, I was an engineer designing wireless systems. And these systems were typically in the $1 million range. Far cry from thirty dollars to $50,000. And I remember the first time I took in my proposal to my manager at the time, his name was Tom, and I took in the proposal. And I remember he looked, you know, it was a three-ring binder, it was a big proposal. I handed him the binder, and I remember he has his leg crossed, he looked at it, opens up the front cover, looks at the executive summary, reads it very quickly, scans it, reads it, then goes all the way to the end of the three-ring binder where I have the numbers, the total and the profit margin we're going to make on the actual deal. And then he looks at me and says, is it all there? That's all he said, is it all there? In other words, is everything that needs to be in this proposal there? And I said, I remember I just kind of like, yeah, yeah. It was my first proposal, like, yeah. And I remember he said, okay, grab this pen, and he just signed it. Handed it back to me, said, thank you. And I remember walking out of the office. You would think I'd be overjoyed. I was horrified because I'm like, he signed it. He didn't review it. He signed it. Now I'm asking myself, is everything in there that should be in there? And I remember going over to the lead engineer, his name was Roy. And I said, Roy, I just went into Tom's office. He says, yes. He says, well, I just gave him this big proposal. It's the $1.1 million proposal. And he signed it. He goes, yeah. He said, but he signed it without looking at it. To which Roy's like, yeah, and? He said, but he didn't look at it. And that's when Roy looked at me and says, well, why should he? That's why he hired you. And that for me was a moment. That was a moment for me because that highlighted, if not brought to life, the differences in management styles. See, Joe had Theory X management style. In other words, he had a Theory X management style where he wanted to command and control everything. Stick by the job description, don't do more of this, more of that, just do this. Do it this way, here's how I want you to do it. In other words, he dictated how things should be done. No freedom, no autonomy. Tom, on the other hand, was quite the opposite. He's Theory Y, he delegates and gives you that autonomy. And that's, that difference right there made all the difference in the world when it came to me wanting to stay at the company. And I enjoyed that experience so much so that I stayed there for quite a long time. And to this day, I still remember Tom because his management style allowed me to grow. How you say? Well, think about it. When you give somebody the autonomy to do it their way, 
to uh, uh, illustrate something their way, to lay out something their way, to write things in a certain way because it's your style. And when you're allowed to do that, you feel more accepted. You feel like you're contributing your style or your personality or your attributes to whatever proposal you're working on. Daniel Pink wrote a book called Drive years ago, and it talked about three things that motivate people beyond compensation. And the first one was autonomy, the freedom to do it your way, have a sense of agency. The second one was purpose, find purpose while you're doing it. That was easy. And the third one was mastery, where you feel like you're growing. Now, Tom provided that environment. More importantly, autonomy led the purpose. Purpose led to mastery. That's why it worked. Over here with Joe, because I was pretty much in a straitjacket, a mental straitjacket, do it this way, here's how we want you to do it, very authoritative, very top-down driven, I wasn't happy. Over here, I felt the freedom to be happy. And because I enjoyed being there, because I enjoyed doing it my way, because I was accepted doing it my way, I felt like I was really contributing to the company. And because I felt like I was contributing to the company, I felt happy about my position in the company. And also when we won deals, I felt more confident about my abilities and how I expressed myself in these designs and in these proposals. Because I felt confident, I felt good about myself. I associated that good feeling with the company and my manager. So my question to you is, are you creating an environment where people have that sense of agency, that autonomy, where they feel that they're growing, mastery, where they have a sense of purpose, like they're contributing to the company? See, once you have that, you've gone beyond the compensation curve. By that I mean, it isn't about the money anymore. People just wanna be in that environment because they enjoy being in that environment. My question again to you is, are you providing that environment if you are, congratulations. If you're not, you might want to consider it.